WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. What is going on, Colts Station? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guy, Cody, here. Also joining me, Andrew Thomason, once again. Andrew, it's a long off season, man. Um, couple months still till free agency. Couple more months till the draft. A lot going on. Um, actually, not a lot. Not a lot going on right now. A lot of speculation going on around all the different things regarding the Indianapolis Colts right now. And so, I thought it'd be probably good to talk about five moves that we feel like the Indianapolis Colts should make. Now, we're not saying specific players. We're more talking about specific moves the Colts should make. We'll mention a few players along the way, um, but we think there's five positions or maybe a few more that you would say the Colts need to potentially address. But we're going to say these are the top five for us here in this video. So let's start here with the first one here. The way we're going to go about it, we'll start with the offense, go to the defense. We got three on the offense, two on the defense. We'll start with the first position on offense here. I think you got to address wide receiver. I think you have to make some moves at wide receiver. I think personally, Andrew, you got to make some moves, not just one, but multiple moves. You got to go dip into free agency and potentially even the draft. What are your thoughts on the wide receiver position and this move the Colts should make or moves the Colts should make? Well, I agree. I think it's it's got to be more than one. I think you have to, like you said, dip into free agency and then dip in the draft. The Colts were the only team this year, Cody, to not have multiple receivers surpass the 500-yard receiving mark. Michael Pittman Jr., who had a breakout year, has proven to be their wide receiver one going forward, was the only receiver to surpass 500 yards receiving yards this past season. No other Colts receiver did. Every other team in the NFL, all 31 other teams, as bad as Houston's receiving core is, as bad as Detroit's is, uh, as bad as Jacksonville's maybe is, they all surpassed or had multiple receivers go reach over the 500-yard mark. And it, it was a problem for the Colts. I mean, listen, it's been a problem for the last couple of off-seasons. We've talked about it before. This lack of, of willing to spend free agency on Chris Ballard's part has come back to haunt this team. And when you look at the receiver position specifically, the team's – that the Colts were playing. What they started to do is they said, okay, well, we're just going to double pin. We're going to bracket him. And then we're going to make one of the other's receivers, uh, be it Ashton Doolin, Zach Paschal, T.Y. Hilton, who, although he's had a really good, you know, 10-year-plus career with Indianapolis, is kind of on the downcline of his uh, of his career, pardon me. That's why he's mulling retirement. However, they, they couldn't do it. This, the other receivers, they had their moments. Ashton Doolin had a couple touchdowns. Zach Paschal had a couple touchdowns. But they weren't. They weren't. They certainly didn't play to the level that the Colts needed them to play at. And this is now the NFL. You know, Tom Brady's retirement, Big, ben, Big Ben's retirement. Uh, both Manning's retired within the last four or five years. Uh, there, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks that are like statues in the pocket, if you will. 
that no longer exists to a degree. Quarterbacks now are mobile. They can get out. They can make plays off script. So you have to be able to have the weapons that can complement that type of quarterback play. And the Colts don't have that. They absolutely need to go out. I mean, you look at guys like Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, um, Michael Gallup. I mean, those are just a few to name that could potentially hit free agency. Uh, you, you look at the receivers in the draft. The one name that comes to my mind is David Bell. Uh, stud for Purdue, multiple 200-plus yard receiving games. Uh, had that really good game. I think it was against Iowa, uh, maybe either this past season or the season before. We know how how electrifying he is. I know certainly Purdue fans know how how uh, just uh, how explosive he is at that position. Uh, and so, I mean, those are certainly some names to to think of if you're the Colts. Um, and I think that that at the very least, uh, you know, they they need to do more than just throw out an offer. They need to be willing to adapt change along with the NFL, maybe spend a little bit more money and go get Carson Wentz or whomever the quarterback may be more weapons for the 2022 season. I mean, I'm just looking, man, at this free agency uh, class here, potentially. There are so many guys that I would love for the Colts to invest in. You mentioned a couple, you know, you got Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, even though he's probably going to be super expensive. Um, You got guys like even like, I know some people don't like Juju, but he's available you got guys like Michael Williams from the Chargers who were ava- who potentially will become available. Um, even guys like Christian Kirk, you know. So you got different levels of guys, but all still really, really good receivers. It's almost like you would almost have to be crazy to not sign one of these guys, you know, for how deep this class is, not just in free agency, but also in the draft. I think you have to come away with multiple, you know, guys here in this position because, you know, like it's so deep, you're probably going to get a guy – that originally would ask for either a lot more money in free agency or would go a lot higher in the draft because of how crowded this room is. You know, kind of similar to that 2020 draft when Michael Pittman Jr. fell all the way to the Colts where he probably in the next year's class, he could have been a first-round pick potentially. Like, So I kind of look at it like that. Like, you got to kind of take advantage of that, of how many guys there are potentially that are going to become available. And you're right, you need to give your quarterback weapons uh, to get a true fair evaluation on – your future at quarterback. So 100% agree with you there. Let's move to a position that's very similar, but obviously a little bit different. On the offense, the tight end position, another skilled position that probably needs an upgrade somewhere, somehow. Now, there are a couple guys, and I I think for me personally, Andrew, I'd rather look free agency than go in the draft because you already just drafted a guy in Kylan Granson last year in the fourth round. So there's a couple guys that kind of come to mind here. You know, you got guys like Zach Ertz, who's a little bit older. You got guys like Gerald Everett. You got guys like Robert Tanyan. You got guys like Dalton Schultz. You got guys like Mike Gesicki. That's five guys right there. There's more guys as well that are going to be in the market. So it seems like maybe not as deep as wide receiver, but certainly a deep group here in terms of free agency. Oh, without question. I think that's that is something the Colts have to take into consideration like with wide receiver, they have to be able to say, okay, here's our weakness. And Chris Ballard even mentioned it in his season-ending presser. He identified tight end to a degree as a weakness. Now you have to do more than just talk about it. Now you have to show what you're willing to do to upgrade that position. Molly Cox is a nice tight end. Dropped some uh, key passes in the red zone this past season. Jack Doyle is considering retirement. Kylan Granson, 
Didn't really see enough from him. Uh, you certainly, certainly can't go into this next season if they were to not, in fact, sign, re-sign Moali Cox with just Kylan Granson or I'd argue even both Molly Cox and Kylan Granson on this team. You need somebody like, I mean, you know, and, and Colts fans, I, I know this, I guess, who knows what happened with Eric Ebron, you know, however Colts fans feel about that situation is beside the point. The fact of the matter is, is he came in and had 13 touchdowns in one season and was a huge part of Frank Reich's offense. And the, the Colts need to get back to having that playmaker uh, over the top that, that can create chunk plays for this team you know i remember we got to we we got to interview kylan granson that was one of the questions that i had asked him do you feel like you're a guy that can come in and create chunk plays for this team and for this offense and while he didn't really get a ton of opportunities uh as a rookie i think that that can maybe change this offseason or this this next season pardon me but this offseason i think it's important for the colts to emphasize they need more help at the tight end position without question Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. They need something. They need a guy that can just, you know, like you said, create mismatches out there. I mean, Colin Granson very well may be that guy, but he's still a, he was still a rookie, right? He's still learning. He's still growing. He's coming from a program like SMU that's not, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time to get fully acclimated to the NFL level. So I don't see an issue with having multiple receiving tight ends myself personally, because I mean, you even look at Carson Wentz. If we want to stick with Carson Wentz, you look at the, the year that they went to the Super Bowl. Look at his tight end. He had multiple really, really good tight ends on that team. And it worked in his favor. It worked in the Eagles' favor. So why not give him more receiving options and less? I guess that's kind of where I'm at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, we've briefly touched on this, whether it's Carson Wentz or it's it's somebody else. I mean, look at some of these other quarterbacks in the the NFL, uh, Cody. I mean, uh, for example, Aaron Rodgers. Robert Tanyan goes down. They don't have a succession plan. I shouldn't say succession plan. They don't have a quality backup to turn to when Tanyan went down. Alan Lazard is a nice wide receiver too. Equinemia St. Brown is maybe a wide receiver three or wide receiver four. But like we were talking about earlier with the receivers for the Colts, I think teams started to realize that the only receiver that really scares opposing defenses for Green Bay was Devontae Adams, and we kind of saw that in the divisional round. They took away Devontae Adams, and they said, okay, I want to see Alan Lazard. I want to see uh, St. Brown. I know Mark uh, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, was out for that game. But but even still, I, I mean, my point being is that even a quarterback that's as, as elite and exceptional as Aaron Rodgers, I mean, goodness, he's going to win a, a second MVP more than likely in a row. Even he has to have requisite weapons to match his talent. And that, I think, just speaks volumes um, to, to what the Colts need to do at that tight end position. Uh, and, and not just the tight end, but as we mentioned earlier, the receiving position. Just weapons in mm-hmm. general. It's it's vital. It's crucial, especially in today's past at the NFL. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of when Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport. WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now 
or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change. Tough terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, I mean, you. I know this year's a little bit of an outlier, but you see the last couple Super Bowls that teams have been in. There's been a common denominator, Andrew. At least one of those teams has had a really, really good tight end, what we would consider an elite tight end. Like they've had a guy that, you know, they've had the Kelsey's, they've had the Kittles, they've had, you know, insert whoever. There's been a lot of really, really good tight ends that have really helped these offenses that maybe don't have necessarily like, you know, you look at uh, the 49ers. They don't have an Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback. They have Jimmy G. But the fact that George Kittle has been able to do what he's done there and really get them to, you know, two conference championships in a matter of only a couple of years. Obviously, there's other factors as well, but. I think having a big tight end and a good tight end that you can rely on, that's a you know, one of those guys, I think is very underrated in today's NFL, but I think it's so crucial in today's NFL as well. Well, absolutely. And there's another guy that goes by the name of Debo Samuel. He's pretty good at football too. Yeah. Um, uh, that certainly helps, especially when you have a quarterback like you mentioned, Jimmy G, who's good, not great, certainly not classified in that elite category with your Josh Allens and your Justin Herberts and your Patrick Mahomes and your Joe Burrows and Matt Stafford's and so on and so forth, right? But again, there's a blueprint, Cody. It's out there. It's like staring the Colts in the face. It's like, hey, hello, hi. Like, Go get a receiver. Go get a tight end. Go get more weapons along the perimeter. I mean, my goodness, how many different ways did, did the 49ers use Debo Samuel, motioning him uh, in the backfield, using him as a running back, uh, quick screens, orbit motions, jet sweeps. I mean, you name it. Uh, he was he was utilized in such a variety of ways. He's such a dynamic, versatile weapon for them, and it makes all the difference. I mean, it was a three-point game. Uh, or three point win for the Rams. This wasn't this wasn't a blowout on the Rams' part by any means, and that's an, a credit and a testament to the amount of weapons uh, that the, that they have. Uh, Jawan Jennings came on as of late, but Debo Samuel and George Kittle, once they got back and once they started remaining healthy, the 49ers went on a run. We saw that they started maybe a little bit similar to how the, how the Colts did uh, record wise. They were in that three and four, three and five range. I think the Colts uh, like the Colts were at one point or, or maybe not exactly, but you get the idea. They were, they had similar records and that was because they weren't healthy in those areas. But when those receivers came back, Kittle, Samuel, it made all the difference. They went on a run. We saw what they did in the playoffs, how big of a difference it makes. And if you're the Colts, I mean, even if you stick with the Carson Wentz, who isn't an elite quarterback, but has has got a ceiling, you need to surround him with better pieces. 100%. 100%. All right. And also you need to protect him, which we'll talk about here now. We'll transition to left tackle. Um, Eric Fisher was an uh, unmitigated disaster last year in terms of pass protection. Let's just call it what it is. Eric Fisher was not great coming off that Achilles injury. He really struggled and honestly, you know, cost the Colts potentially some gains. If you look at it from a momentum standpoint, I what sticks in my mind, Andrew, is that Tampa Bay game when, you know, the Colts are going to march down and potentially kind of put that game on ice there in that third quarter. What happens? Shaq Barrett gets around Eric Fisher, strip sacks Carson Wentz, changes the entire trajectory of that game. The Colts end up losing that game. So, I think left tackle is certainly an important position. Now, there's a few guys here that are of interest. The, the one that has been floating around Colts Nation, which I don't know how likely it is, 
because he's going to command a lot of money is Taron Armstead. I mean, the, the tackle for the Saints, a little bit older. He's in his 30s, but he's still one of the best tackles in football. Um, there's some other names as well who we'll get into. What are your thoughts, though, on this tackle position, the left tackle? Well, my first thought is when they when can they induct Anthony Costanzo into the Ring of Honor? Because <laughs> my goodness, Eric Fisher as as a pass protector, it's like I, I mean, listen to all the people that are that are listening to this. I am five foot eight, one hundred and seventy pounds, and I could pass protect better than <laughs> Eric Fisher at times. Okay, I mean, not really, but you get the idea. He was bad, 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 bad. There's no other way to put it. You now, as a run blocker, I will say. Phenomenal. He posted his higher highest run blocking grade according to Pro Football Focus since 2014. On the flip side, he posted his lowest pass blocking grade since 2014. So there's there's two sides to that, right? And what's so just concerning is is I mean, I, I guess if you're the Colts, you, you have to you have to address. I mean, it was a one year deal. The, the Colts had an opportunity, I think, to get Charles Leno, who went in and, and played for Washington um, and, and played particularly well for them. And you wonder if maybe they took Leno over Fisher or they they elected to to sign him over Fisher, if things would have been different, if they maybe aren't having this conversation. But it just goes to show you that, number one, left tackles are hard to come by. Franchise left tackles at that are hard to come by. And I think Colts fans, you know, Got got a real real solid sense of just how great Anthony Costanza was in his prime, uh, both as a pass blocker and as a run blocker as well. Um, now you also mentioned there are some intriguing names that come to mind. Uh, for me, one of those names is Trent Brown, left tackle for the New England Patriots. Well, he played right tackle this past year, but when he was with New England and with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, in 2018 and 2019, he played left tackle. So he's 28 years old. Coming off of a, of a contract year with New England, he was traded from Vegas to New England, back to New England. So he's played in New England two out of the last three years, has been exceptional for them. And if New England decides to, to let him walk, you know, the, the Colts have to at least look into that, right? I mean, I'm not saying go hand him a blank check and give him whatever he wants, but he's a young tackle. He is 6'8", 310, 15 pounds. He is an absolute monster uh, an exceptional pass blocker, a really good run blocker. And at 28 years old, I think he potentially solves your issue at left tackle for at least the next four or five years. And, I mean, you've got all the other pieces in place along that offensive line. Now you you need a left tackle that's arguably the most important. Uh, most quarterbacks are right-handed, and obviously that's the blind side of most quarterbacks. You have to have somebody in there who has stability and can play well enough and play at an elite level from that left tackle position, Eric Fisher, yes, he was coming off of a, an Achilles tear. Um, and obviously there were some question marks going into that signing. We now know that that maybe wasn't the best. Um, you mentioned that Tampa Bay game. Uh, I'll also mention the Baltimore game where they're driving. And um, Oway, the rookie, I can't remember his first name, for the Ravens, exactly what Shaq Barrett did, went right around uh, uh, Eric Fisher and got to Carson Wentz, strip set Carson Wentz in the red zone, Baltimore recovers, completely shifts the momentum. Baltimore goes down and scores. I mean, that's that left tackle is that important. I mean, there's a reason that there's so many general managers and, and uh, journalists and, and media members that say top three needs of an NFL franchise are quarterback, left tackle, and pass rusher in no particular order. But some people would argue that left tackle is number one. And I mean, I can't sit here and say that I necessarily disagree. 
Uh, left tackle is important, vital, crucial, however you want to say it, and the Colts need an upgrade, and they need an upgrade soon because Eric Fisher simply was not good enough. Yeah, another guy that interests me is Cam Robinson. He played with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's probably the youngest guy here uh, that could potentially become available. I mean, he's only 26 years old, so he's still you know fairly young in his prime. He actually played pretty decent last year with the Jaguars. I know he's had some different concerns as well. Um, just with injuries and stuff like that over the years, but you know he's a former second round pick, so he's got the talent. He's six foot six, three hundred twenty pounds, so he's got the size as well. Um, he's probably the sleeper guy that I'm looking at potentially. The Colts could sign for a couple years. He's young, and at the very least, he's a serviceable backup if it comes to the worst. But you know, still, I think you got to kind of figure it out, and he might not be that expensive considering how much maybe Armstead's going to attract attention and maybe it'll take the attention away from a guy like Robinson. Yeah, Cam Robinson is certainly interesting. Uh, as you mentioned, the second-round pick out of Alabama has had his moments, up and downs. I think he's been he's had some injury issues, uh, but he is intriguing. And you look at, a, you know, uh, in terms of Chris Strouser and his ability to develop offensive linemen, I think there's credit that needs to be given there. You have to wonder, Cody, if they were to go out and sign a guy like Cam Robinson, is Chris Strouser in a position to be able to develop him and, and sort of uh, help him evolve into the left tackle that I think a lot they think the Jaguars expected him to be? Um, he hasn't been that for whatever reason, a variety of reasons. And with him being so young um, and maybe not having a, of a consistent season or as consistent of a season uh, that the Jaguars would have liked, he might not command such a high price tag, and that could work in the Colts' favor. Oh, for sure, for sure. But you did mention, and we have to talk about it, defensive end. It's got to be the biggest need on this team. I mean, it still has to be, uh, especially the defense. I mean, when you can't – we talked about it in the episode that we had just done. Um, This one will come out after that episode so you guys would know what we're talking about. But, like, man, if you cannot rush for and get to the quarterback, you're going to blow leads. It's not going to look pretty. What happened last year, the Colts blew a lot of leads, (laughs) a lot of leads, and they couldn't get to the passer when it mattered. I mean, Andrew, their leading sacker had six and a half sacks on defensive end. That's not good enough. No, not not in the slightest. Um, and, you know, there's one knock on Chris Ballard as a general manager through his five years with the Colts is that he struggled to draft defensive ends. And and Quiddy Pay had four sacks, made uh, pro football focuses and pro football writers all rookie team. Uh, he played well. Um, was an excellent, excellent run defender and really showed up, I think, in moments as a pass rusher. The game against Jacksonville, the game against Buffalo, um, had some. the game against uh, San Francisco. I, I mean, he had his moments, and I think he's got a chance to be a really, really good player for this Colts team. Um, just from what we saw, I think he's well worth the first-round pick that the Colts invested in him. Um, the numbers, again, from a production standpoint, might not have been there, but I, I think that can also be because I think the Colts asked too much of him. I think they drafted it when they drafted him. I think they expected expected him to come in and produce and get double digit sacks and be this Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis esque force off the edge, and that is unrealistic for so many different reasons. And that's no, you know, not an indictment on Pay himself, but that, that he's a rookie. You can't you can't ask a rookie to come in and play that much of a role for your defense. Certainly not when you're running a very zone heavy based scheme where it's predicated on you getting to the quarterback. If you don't, if you give Trevor Lawrence enough time to make a sandwich and eat it, he's going to pick you apart. I mean, and that's exactly what happened on that first drive. What was he, eight for eight, third and 12? They give up 15 or 20 yards to, 
I don't even remember who. It doesn't matter. They, they gave it up. The Colts did. Their secondary did because their four, front four could not get home. And as great as DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart have been, you cannot solely rely on those two to create pressure from the interior and expect that to be enough. You have to get consistent presence from the edge. Aquadine Muhammad is the other player I think you were talking about. Had six and a half sacks. And while that's good, uh, it's not great. And you need somebody else uh, that's maybe more proven, a veteran guy, to, to come in and help uh, teach younger guys like Quiddy Pay. Aquadi Muhammad is a nice player. I think he, he could potentially be back um, in a rotational role. But certainly as a starter, I mean, he, he's not – He's, he's not good enough. I mean, that's just what it boils down to, and it really hurt the Colts this season, and they really need to invest on a veteran defensive end this offseason. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of – I guess not a lot, but there's some guys that you could – and I think personally, Andrew, it's that important of a position, and I know you probably agree with me. Like, out of all these positions, this is the one I say, write a blank check to whoever. You know, if you, if you find one of these guys and you really want to improve your pass rush – you got to do that, man. You just have to invest where it matters. And it matters, man. It matters to get some pressure off the edge. I mean, you lost an eco offer last year. It bit you in the butt, you know? So you got to make up for it here this offseason, I feel like. And guys like Vaughn Miller, guys like Chandler Jones, even guys like Dante Fowler or Hassan Reddick. I mean, there's a couple guys here that they're a little bit older, you know, except for Reddick. All these guys are over 30, but they're worth it, in my opinion. They are worth going after and getting a legit number one guy, getting an alpha there on your edge rush. I mean, we saw what Tennessee did. You know, they they invested heavily in getting pressure on the quarterback. They're one of the best teams last year at doing that. Colts need to take a similar approach. They need to bring in some guys that can actually provide some legit edge presence. They need to bring in somebody. And I and I I don't typically say this, but like they need. I don't care what the price is. They got to bring in somebody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. The Bengals, the Rams. What's the common theme between both those teams? They both went all in for for positions of need. Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard. Uh, Second-round pick, Sam Hubbard. Uh, free agent signing of DJ Reader. Free agent signing of Trey Hendrickson. 14 and a half sacks. Aaron Donald, enough said, right? But they went out and then they Von traded Miller. for Von Miller. They had Leonard Floyd. At one point, they signed him last offseason. They accumulated all of these pieces to go all in for a Super Bowl, to go all in to get to the, I mean, the ultimate goal of every NFL team, which is to win a Super Bowl. And they're there, and they're there in large part because of the investments, investments pardon me, that they made at the positions of need. And for the Colts, defensive end is one of them. They have to invest. They have to go out and sign one of these veteran guys. I know we've talked about it already. You know, in hindsight, it's always twenty twenty. But if you're a Colts fan, you, you know you're shaking your head at the fact that the Colts let Danica Autry walk out the door um, and and produce as well as he did for Tennessee. Justin Houston, same goes for for Baltimore. Had a, a very solid season for them as well. Uh, that simply cannot happen this next year. Uh, it just can't if you're the Colts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It absolutely can't. Nope, you got you to fix this. You got to fix this. You got to stop hoping that these guys are going to turn it around. Like, obviously, we feel pretty good about where Quiddy Pay is right now, but that's not enough. You got to go make an investment here where it matters. And I think defensive end is that position where it definitely matters. Because if you can figure out your pass rush, you know, like you mentioned in the last video, everything benefits from it. Your linebackers benefit from it. Your secondary benefits from it. So you got to go do something. You got to make a splash here. And and I don't think it's a question of should you. I think it's who is it, you know, like at this point for me. Um, but the last position that we'll talk about here, Andrew, this is probably the position that not necessarily trying to find a starter, but trying to find maybe just some more depth. And that's the cornerback position. Maybe you can even lump the secondary just in general, maybe the safety position as well. Um, but I think you've got to certainly figure it out a little bit. You have some guys you like. I feel pretty comfortable saying who the starters would be um, for this for these two units, for the corner and the safety positions. But the, I guess the question is the depth right now in your secondary. What is your opinion on the secondary, and how do you think the Colts should potentially look to potentially add some more depth here? Yeah, I think it's important. Um, Julian Blackman went down. They had George Odom step in for a few games, and he played well. And they also went out and signed Andrew Sandejo, uh, which was a disaster, uh, for lack of a better word. <laughs> and, you know, then you have uh, Kari Willis, who missed a few games and was kind of off when he came back. Um, and they had, I think, Jalila Day come in and fill in for him at one point. My point being is that they, they, had, they got to a point, Cody, where they had to sign players off the street, uh, you know, off the free agency market. And you, you can't do that mid-season because they don't know your scheme. They don't, you know – um, it's going to take some time for them to, to gain chemistry with the rest of the defense. And that's, I mean, rapport and chemistry is super important, clearly at any, at any sport, but especially football, especially defensively. Um, you know, we've seen so many defenses break down, bust in coverage because they're not able to communicate at an effective level. So if you're Chris Ballard, uh, you have to go out, in my opinion. You have to sign some depth at uh, safety. I would bring back George Odom because he's been a key factor, a contributor for you on special teams as well as in the secondary. I think he's a solid backup. I would maybe invest a little bit more at strong safety in terms of a backup as well. Maybe you bring back Jalila Day and give him a chance to compete. Excuse me. And then at corner, uh, Rocky Seen, Isaiah Rogers, as we mentioned earlier, stepped up in a major way. Credit to James Rowe, who, who's obviously now with – uh, Matt Eberflus in Chicago, he played a major part, I think, in them uh, ev- uh, evolving rather and, and producing at the level that they did. Uh, Isaiah Rogers contributed both special teams and in the secondary. Rocky Sin, despite not having any interceptions, played really well, gave him a really low passer rating. I mean, it got to a point where teams weren't ar- uh, targeting him, uh, and it, you know that's that's a credit again to James Rowe and the Colts secondary uh, coaches, but. We know that the Colts' entire defensive staff, for the most part, is going to look 
brand new. So we'll see how you know how they are able to get the best out of these players moving forward. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, I mean, it was a one-year deal for him this season. I think he's a little bit on the decline. Um, I think that I don't I don't think he'll be back with the Colts this next season. I, I'd kind of be shocked at this point. And uh, the Colts, I think, are it would be in their best interest to invest in a veteran corner to pair alongside Rodgers, you've seen, and others. It seems like like I was just kind of scrolling through some of the veteran guys. It seems like there's going to be a decent amount of vets out there that could really fill that Xavier Rhodes role or maybe just be more of a backup, you know, in case of emergency. So I definitely think the Colts should go the vet route. And maybe, who knows, maybe, maybe they even go sign a vet and then go draft the guy a little bit later. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, but regardless, they need to figure it out here at both corner and safety, get some more guys in the building or bring back some more guys. Um, we'll see how that pans out. But guys, I think that'll do it for our look here of the positions of need for the Indianapolis Colts here. I mean, we talked about it quite a bit, Andrew. And um, personally, I think that these are some moves the Colts need to make, undoubtedly. Um, what are your thoughts, I guess, on all these? I guess, how would you rank these positions of need? That's my question. Uh, that's, that's a really good question. Number one, I'd go left tackle for the reasons I mentioned earlier. Number two, I'd go wide receiver. Number three, I'd go tight end. Uh, I guess I forgot defensive end was in there. My goodness. So let me go left. Let me go one left tackle, uh, two defensive end, three wide receiver, four tight end, five secondary depth in terms of level of importance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm right there. I have to go defensive end number one for me, though. I just think it's that important um, to get some guys there, um, at least one guy that just can change this defense. It's time to get a chain, game changer at defensive end. I, I'm just kind of tired of sort of not band-aiding it, but kind of just like almost punting to next year um, and hoping these guys are going to develop. That's kind of what it felt like the Colts tried to do at defensive end a little bit last year and kind of banked on some guys who, like you said, weren't necessarily ready for that yet so yeah i'm ready for the Colts to just figure it out you know just just bring in a guy bring in a vet so all right guys that'll do it for this one thank you so much for tuning in thank you andrew for coming on always a pleasure my friend and uh, yeah guys if you like this video let us know um your thoughts on all the different positions that we talked about and if you think the Colts need to address these things and also what your number is for level of importance for all these positions all right guys that'll do it for this one thank you so much for tuning in and as always, go Colts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.